In a previous episode, I spent some time talking about the AI tools that are in marketing, but what about AI and freight? Hello again, Blythe Bremley with digitaldispatch.io here, and we're keeping the artificial intelligence train moving here on the pod. Because if you've been curious about a different kind of technology entering the freight space, I know that we've covered that pretty in depth on this podcast and in numerous episodes about all the technology coming into the space. But today's guest, Lindsay Watt, is sure to pique your interest. He's the head of product over at Parade.ai, and they're trying to solve one of the biggest problems for freight brokers, and that's the hated check call. This is just one way that AI is being introduced to the freight industry. So I think it's a fascinating deep dive, not just from the perspective of the freight broker and stopping and solving one problem for them, but where this technology can go from here. That's why I think Lindsay is the perfect person to talk to about all of this. So I hope y'all enjoy. Now we spent some time talking about these AI tools that are in marketing, but what about AI in freight? Let's go ahead and bring in our first guest, Lindsay Watt. He's head of product over at Parade.ai as he joins the show. Welcome in, Lindsay. Hey, great to be here. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for joining the show. Now, now I'm I'm well aware of of what Parade does and and, and the solutions that they provide. But for folks who don't know, can you go ahead and give us a little bit of background of of what the company does and, and how you got to Parade? For sure. Let me let me walk, let's unpack that. So at Parade, we do what we call capacity management. And the, the goal of that is to work with freight brokers to help them find and then digitally book the best carrier for every single job, every single load. And I, that's transformational. We can go a little deeper on that. Um, I've been here for about a year. Previous to that, I was at, I was at Convoy. I uh, helped them do a lot of work there around building a TMS that came with Convoy's capacity, shipper TMS, the Convoy's capacity on the box. Um, and that was really my introduction to the freight tech space and the freight brokerage space. And I've, I've just fallen in love with it. And so it's, it's where I want to spend the next couple of years of my life because it's so interesting. Right. Because there's so many problems that need to still be solved in this industry. And it's really like, it's, it's one of those things that there's never going to be, it's never going to be an industry that doesn't have problems every single day that need to be solved. But what are some of those day-to-day problems that, that you're solving for freight brokers out there? You, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, finding the best carriers. Can you, can you qualify or quantify what a best means for each company? Oh, absolutely. That's what makes it so exciting, right? Because if you, so we, I spent a lot of time talking to our customers, and before Parade came along, for some of our customers, it was Groundhog Day. Every single day, the loads would come in, and they would have to cover them. They kind of make a list of all the carriers maybe they'd worked with in the past, or people would have these sort of carriers that they thought were the best ones for certain situations. But it was just kind of hunting and pecking for carriers, and that's not a great use of folks' time, right? And Parade, we pull in a lot of different signals to figure out automatically, who's the best carrier for every single load? Who should you start with? If there's 50,000 carriers in your network, how do you whittle that down to the 10 carriers who could cover this load today with a truck in hand, right? And that's where the AI can help. And then the individual can go and figure out, okay, which of these 10 do I want to call? Maybe I know there's eight of them that are worth calling, but two aren't. Um, that's where I think there's this notion of like technology and AI playing really well with humans to, to do some interesting stuff and change how we work. Are, are there parts of the, the of booking freight that can be automated versus stuff that maybe a, a freight broker doesn't want to be automated? Is is that can they be picky about what they want automated versus oh, what they want absolutely, to be manually? Absolutely, absolutely. No, I, I love the way you're thinking there because because one of the we've we've talked about how um, 
you know, the job of a freight broker bundles together a bunch of different things. So if you think about it, there's the process of dispatching and uh, the, the everyday freight. Paying someone to call a carrier just to say, hey, can you take this load and then actually book it into the end of the TMS? Not a great use of someone's time, right? That's something where if we can automate that process, we do it at parade. We'll actually send out your loads, let the carriers get your loads in front of the carriers before they book and then let them book it themselves. Um, that means you don't have to call carriers just to book the transactional freight. Now, your team's still going to spend a ton of time talking to carriers, but now you're doing the high value stuff. You're making sure you understand exactly what it is those carriers want. You're tuning your network of freight for their network. You're spending time working through the exceptions. You're figuring out, how am I going to get you home on Friday? Right, Because I can do that. Uh, and so you're able to focus on these much more valuable actions that you previously weren't because you're stuck firefighting the day-to-day. Now, you, you, I think uh, you hit the nail on the head with developing, I guess, better carrier relations. Is, is there is there something, uh, is there, I guess, more time, now that they have more time in the day uh, to book those or to create manifest, I guess, though, those relationships, is there any more, I guess, uh, time in the day that they could be spent doing other tasks? And are you guys focused on that as well? Or is it strictly just um, booking better carriers faster? You know, that, that's an interesting question. I hadn't necessarily thought of it that way. One of the what I've found in the marketplace today is all of the all the customers we're talking to today are saying, I have more freight than I know how to handle. If you look at the constraints on their growth, the the constraints they've got are number one, how do I get people to come to work in the morning? Because everyone's got a labor shortage across America right now. And then number two, how do I find great carriers? Right. And so we're we help with both of those problems right now. And so uh, right now, I would say our customers are saying, thank you for making more time of the day. And we filled it up with more freight. Um, we filled it up with more time to talk to carriers. Um, but you're right. I haven't really thought about it. Kind of like if you think a year or two down the line, when we get through this little burden. Um, what do people do? It's an interesting area to speculate. Exactly. Because if you're having, my brain would just immediately go there that if you're having uh, more streamlined processes in place for different brokers, then maybe in the future that leads to a situation where you don't need as many brokers or you, you, maybe there's, you know, more time that they could be spent building those relationships or, or doing other things within the office. Um, that that's where my brain went thinking that, oh, well, maybe a freight broker could actually do a couple different things. Yeah. Let's, let's play that out. Cause, um, so, so for the first thing, the first thing is a lot of the a lot of the companies we're working with, we're seeing they don't really have like a freight broker per se. They've kind of broken down the jobs that a brokerage does into a bunch of different um, roles, right? So they might have a split model brokerage, which means there's some folks who are responsible for getting new business, and there's some folks who are responsible for getting the freight covered. And then we work primarily with those folks who are helping get the freight covered, and we just help them do a lot more loads per day. And what that does is it, it, rather than what I've seen is because these brokerages build kind of these specialized workforces, what they're doing is they're not going out and saying, you're not going to do a different task. They're all saying, how can I grow my business faster? Right. And I've got this extra capacity. I know where my trucks are. I know what my carriers like to do. Let's go bring more business to us because they can go get it. Right. And where this, where this plays out is I don't think we're going to see people doing more or newer jobs so much as we're going to start to see the emergence of some really big new digital brokerages. And I think that mm-hmm. it's going to change the landscape from being super fragmented with this incredible long tail of brokerages to um, 
in the next in the next five six years, I think you're going to see the first couple of billion dollar digital brokerages, and that's going to be really exciting to see. Wow, that that would be incredible to see that now with focusing so much on building those carrier relations. What kind of metrics matter the most to a broker, and, and, and does that differ per the other side of it? Are are there any qualifications that maybe a carrier is like? I don't want to run certain lanes. Are is there ways that you can program that into your system? There are, there are, and I think there's. I think if, if you think about it being, imagine you're running your own freight brokerage, right? There are a couple of operational metrics that we spend a lot of time looking at with our customers. And then there's some financial metrics we look at as well. They're super important. And some of the operational metrics that that, that we really focus on as you're making that transformation to, to using machine learning and AI to, to digitize your business. Uh, number one, we want to look at what percentage of your loads are getting digitally booked. And that's a load where a carrier just clicks a button. And then they're able to actually buy the load and they never have, they get the rate content to them. They never have to talk to them with the brokerage. That's a huge, important metric, right? Um, because that's, that's proof in the pudding that you are becoming a truly digital brokerage. Like you're, you're, mm. you're going to be on that path to a billion bucks. The second one that I think is really important is carrier reuse. Because if the, the premise of capacity management as we do it, is that you are going to reuse your carriers. We work incredibly hard to reuse your same carriers. And, and when you do that, a lot of brokers initially think, oh, I can't reuse carriers. Like it's all one and done for me. But the reality is every broker has lanes that recur. You might not know the exact frequency or the specificity, but you could reuse your carriers. When you do that, great outcomes happen, right? Shippers are happier because they get people in other facilities. You're working with, you don't have to spend money on onboarding fees. Carriers are happy because they're getting predictable revenue with you. And so that's a key metric. And then all of this leads to um, another metric, which is kind of how many loads per day can my team do, right? Like we want to get them doing one, two more loads per day than they could before. And when you look at all this activity, it translates into a really important financial metric, which is the gross margins on your load and your overall profitability per load is going up. And so that's pretty exciting because there's not a lot of opportunities in freight right now where you can both grow your business and increase your unit economics profitability at the same time. And so um, it's a fun time to be in freight tech. Absolutely. And, and you mentioned, you brought up uh, essentially what what ROI, and that's what everybody wants anytime they they add a new tool to. So how are you having that ROI conversation? Are, are you collecting and, and showing that data to, to new prospects, to, to your current clients? How, how are you proving ROI to them? Hundred percent. No, it's a good. This is this is the key thing. So as part of our as part of our uh, sales process, we have a an ROI model we'll build for every single one of our customers. It talks about how we're going to help you grow your business, how we're going to help you increase your gross margins, and how we're also going to um, save you money. Right. That's nice, but the the proof is always in the pudding. It's like where am I at? And so one of the things that we spent a lot of time building was actually metrics reporting and like we're geeks we love that data we built the metrics reporting dashboards into the tool to actually measure these numbers so you know we can sit down and play back the tape and we can say where are we at in terms of the commitments that we made to you three months ago are we on track are we ahead of track what are some jobs we can tune what are things you can do versus we can do and you know that's the collaboration that we want to have with our customers and our partners because then we're working together to a joint goal versus saying where are we at 
And that that brings up my next question. So, so thank you for that because you're you're hitting it out of the park, setting up my next question several times already during this interview. Now, talk to me a little bit about your your feedback loop. How often are you talking to customers? Are are they affecting your your, your product roadmap as you move into 2022? Um, wh- what does that conversation look like as you're onboarding and and talking with current customers? Totally, I think there's you know part of the we sit back. One of the things I really love is. Um, we're a cloud-based company, right? And what that means is we can release all the time. We put out multiple features new every every couple of weeks, right? Every two weeks, we try and ship a bunch of new things, and we'll just dribble them out. And so the question becomes: Well, where do you where do you get those ideas from, right? And our customers are very vocal about how we can help them improve their business. They're, you know, sometimes they're small things like, oh, if you could just tweak this little feature here, that would really help my business. Great, go do that. And then other times, they're really big things where they're like, you know what? You guys know where all my trucks are. Could we partner together to use that to help grow my business? I have a few ideas. And so depending on depending on kind of the scale of these ideas, we have a bunch of different mechanisms for kind of how we can deal with that. So the small things, they're great. We knock it out of the park. We just will put those into our backlog and we'll go build them. And then we uh, kind of thank the customer and let them know that it's there. And our customer success team helps make sure that it gets rolled out. For the bigger ones... What I like to do, and I found this to be really successful across my career, is what we call a design partnership. And that's where we'll sit down with a customer who's got a big, audacious goal that they want us to help achieve. And we'll actually provide the resources at no charge to go build that. And it'll be a collaboration between the two of us. And they're going to teach us how to solve a problem, like a really big, hard problem. We're going to provide them with uh, software development resources they wouldn't otherwise have. Um, and, and build it for free. And then we're going to sell it to the rest of our customers. And so it's really fun both to, to work at the, the really low level of getting lots of ideas and pushing them out, but then also getting to work at the really high level with some of the leading thinkers in freight brokerage and figure out how we can change the industry. Now, I, I probably should have asked this question earlier, but does Parade, is it a standalone product or is it something that integrates with a TMS or is it kind of a, a combination of the two? Parade, Parade lives on top of the TMS. So we partner with your existing TMS and we focus on a very narrow niche that is capacity management. And so if you think of across the life cycle of a shipment, right, there's the freight broker tech stack and you've got your TMS at the bottom. And then there's all these different areas that you need to think about, be it from like customer acquisition to capacity management, to rating, to track and trace and execution. And then there's the document management and the payment processing afterwards. And um, we handle this small portion of this capacity management. And we do it in close concert with the TMS. Hmm. Now, and now speaking of the, the, I guess, the larger scope of the industry, wh- where do you, you, you come from Amazon, you come from Convoy. So you have this outside, I don't want to say like even outsider's perspective, because this really is insiders as well. But you have, uh, n- now you're coming into this space and, and, and you've been with Parade for a little while now. So you have a great perspective on where the industry needs to go as a whole. Do, do you have any kind of ideas where you think that freight tech still can, can make an impact? Because right now it feels a little overwhelming with all of the tech that's coming into the space. But I wonder if there's still room for improvement. Oh yeah, I mean, I think one of the one of the things. So Amazon, they always talk about day one. It's still day one, still day one, right? And we always want it to be day. They always want it to be day one because, like, that's when there's just lots of opportunity. And I, I really believe that even though we're probably eight to ten years into freight tech, right? It's still day one. Like if you think about it today, we have we've got um, everyone's going to have a TMS. We're starting to get everyone on to track and trace. 
the thing that I'm most excited about is we're starting to see that the, the shippers have made the transition to digital. The big shippers have all gone digital. The carriers now are starting to make the transition to digital. So we ran some numbers internally because we've got, we're at the point now at Parade, we've got several years worth of data on how carriers bid, right? And we've seen a 6x increase in the past two years of the number of digital quotes per load, right? And yeah. um, that's that's really important because what that means is that the carriers are now starting to go digital. And I actually had one of our one of our customers told me he's like there were a hundred thousand MC numbers that got created in the last six months, and every single one of those can be a digital carrier. I think he's right. And the way those carriers find work and book work is going to be completely different from how carriers did it five years ago. And so I really think that we are just at the beginning of the real change in freight tech and, and freight brokerage. Um, and that's exciting because that creates the opportunity for a new set of winners. And so I mentioned earlier how I think in five years, you know, we're going to have like five, six new billion dollar brokerages that are um, that are going to be like truly digital. And that's going to change everything. It's going to be a completely different ballgame. It's going to be exciting. And so with that said, what do you think that the modern tech stack will look like for a freight broker maybe in the next two to three years? Yeah, I think a couple of things. I mean, obviously, I think there's going to be a capacity management system where I wouldn't work at Parade. Um, but I think that's I think that's that's a critical part. Having a TMS that lets you integrate with the best of breed is really important. Um, I think 10 years ago, your TMS might have been able to do everything. That's no longer possible. You need to have a TMS that can really help you with managing core transactions, uh, managing payments, managing the overall operation of a load, but then partners really, really well with the specific areas um, where you've got problems. And so that might mean working really well with a capacity management system. Probably means working really well with a rating system because pricing is going to be really important. I think another area that, that we haven't really started thinking through is, um, and I think this can be part of the freight broker tech stack in a few years, is how can you just bid on thousands of loads at once? Bidding is a very manual process right now. Um, I believe that there's a huge opportunity to automate that, and I hope the Prado has an opportunity to play in some of that. So there's going to be a big change in, in what a, the tech stack of a broker looks like in the next five years versus what it is today. So you're not afraid of, of say, you, you're head of product over at Parade, so you're not afraid of a robot coming in or even AI coming in and, and stealing your job, right? So you, you would probably use some of these tools that we mentioned earlier in the show to help your, your job. Or are you, are, you, are you against the robot apocalypse coming into the creative oh, office? I, I, I mean, I've, I've built robots in my past life in Amazon, so I'm, <laughs> I'm firmly on the sides of uh, working with robots rather than against robots. <laughs> So you're le- you're less of a Will Smith and an and iRobot and more of uh, everybody else, maybe his grandma that's in the movie. I don't know if you saw that movie, but yeah, that's exactly. where my brain I do. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I always think that, you know, the term I've heard is centaurs, which is like humans plus robots. And it's kind of half human, <laughs> half horse, so to speak. But I actually think it's an apt analogy because there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff that we do that can just be automated. Like at a certain level, a robot's just a fancy washing machine, right? It does something that we don't really want to do. Um, and it, it frees up time for us to do the stuff that we actually want to do. And human wants and needs are unlimited, right? They're unlimited. Yeah. There's no bounds. So um, it just unlocks new potential for us. That's how I firmly think about it. Awesome. Well, that, that, that's a great moment to end the, the the show on. Where where can people find more of your work and, and follow Parade? Yeah, for sure. So uh, Parade.ai, that's our website. Best, best place to... Uh, learn more about us and I'm Lindsay L-I-N-D-S-A-Y at Parade.ai if you ever want to reach out and talk. 
Perfect. Thank you so much, Lindsay. It was a, it was a fun conversation. One of us is afraid of the robots and the other one isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. If you like what you heard, consider sharing it with a friend. Podcast discoverability is a bit of a challenge for creators like myself, so word of mouth goes a long way. You can check out past episodes of the show by hitting up the Learn page on digitaldispatch.io. I also have some free courses on the site that cover content marketing, distribution, and even how to audit your own website. That's going to come in handy as everyone starts to prepare for those 2022 budgets. While you're there, you can also check out our socials, the DIY shop, or custom services. Until next time, I'm Blythe Brumleaf, and I will see you real soon. 